This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies. Because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Friday, 9 December, year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, we're waiting, I think, within the next hour should be the filing of Kerry Lake's. Um, today's the fifth day, essentially, I guess the way they calculate it, to file that. We'll be getting uh, members of her uh, team on here as soon as it hits the wire, right before it hits the wire. Um, a lot going on. we got uh, Naomi Wolf, big breaking news. That'll be a little later in the show. Uh, Jake Beckett, uh, Joe Allen. Uh, a bunch of other stuff happening. Liz Jure is going to join us. Catholic Charities pumping billions into um, uh, essentially trafficking on the uh, on the southern border. Uh, Brandon Showwater, the American Dial situation, American Girl situation, absolutely blow your head up. Uh, also going to get into more of the economy today, and of course this Twitter situation with uh, Elon Musk. Now they're going back and forth. As we talked in the morning show with Jack Basobic. All this, uh, you know, they didn't, uh, they, they were suppressing conservative voices, but didn't, you know, didn't stop the, uh, the pedophilia and the child trafficking on there. Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk getting into it this afternoon. We'll get to all that. I want to start though with basically the biggest story in this city, the imperial capital, and that is the, uh, almost Shakespearean fight for the speakership of the House of Representatives. I would argue the second most powerful position in the United States government. Matt Gates, uh, I guess the leader of the rebellion, joins us. Matt, a uh, headline, uh, actually a headline we put up on Getter, they buried the lead as they always do on CNN. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, I guess, gave an interview and essentially said, I'm never leaving. I, well, I'm going to stick around until we get to 218. I don't care if it takes a thousand votes. Um, at the same, he was responding to a letter from, I guess, another seven, I don't know if they're quasi-rebels, hard rebels, but they sent a letter to McCarthy. I think if he agreed to it, it wouldn't be much of a speakership. Uh, get us up to date. What, get, talk about McCarthy first, dug in. It looks harder than ever. And then I want to talk about this expanding, uh, looks like circle of people that say we just can't do this because this letter looks to me like if you, if you agree to this letter, you don't really have a speakership. Congressman Matt Gates. When someone says, I'll never leave, it isn't exactly the battle cry of an inspirational leader. It sounds more like someone who can't accept a breakup. But in the case of Kevin McCarthy and the Republican conference, this is no no fault divorce. There were things that Kevin McCarthy did to erode the trust of the members he needs to vote for him if he wants to be speaker. Uh, he lost virtually every fiscal fight. There's a great Horowitz piece in The Blaze that details that. On the southern border, he never pushed for a bill that didn't include some feature of amnesty or a pathway to citizenship. And on the weaponization of this government against our people, Kevin McCarthy sat silent with his hands folded as Paul Ryan and Trey Gowdy blocked every request that Jim Jordan 
and Mark Meadows and Andy Biggs and Ron DeSantis and I made when we caught Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and Andy McCabe and Jim Baker, who somehow reemerges as a character in the whole Twitter scandal. When those people had weaponized our government against the legitimate president, Donald J. Trump, Kevin McCarthy was nowhere to be found in that fight. And so while you see various spasms of conservatism or purported conservatism directed at big tech or Mayorkas, you know, remember, Kevin McCarthy has been holding up a shield to protect some of the most dangerous elements of society that have harmed conservatives. And I don't think that he has passed the test of leadership. And the breaking news is that seven additional Republicans have essentially said that Kevin McCarthy doesn't have their vote that their vote has to be earned by someone who doesn't want to just continue the ways of Washington, but someone who will transform a broken Congress. That person is not Kevin McCarthy. Look, they include General Scott Perry, who's looked at as one of the leaders of this movement. Uh, Andrew Clyde, who was on here yesterday talking about his big tech bill and Eli Crane, a new Navy SEAL who's uh, elect. Walk us through that letter and those people. Well, yeah, you have a good mix of people in the leadership of the conservative movement, like General Perry, like Dan Bishop, my colleague on the Judiciary Committee, but even new members, members who've not yet been sworn in, but will have a vote that's just as powerful as mine or anyone else's in the 118th Congress. They're saying they've heard from their constituents that they can't vote for Kevin McCarthy in a regime that continues to perpetuate the flawed corruption of Washington, D.C. So I actually think you may see a lot of action from people who are closest to their first dispositive election. And we actually had two. We had Eli Crane of Arizona and Andy Ogles of Tennessee demanding that Washington start working for the people again and making a demand on any person who would seek leadership to accede to those requests. And uh, people will hear a lot about the motion to vacate. And the reason that's important is not because anyone intends to go down to the floor and demand the removal of the speaker each and every day. But it is fundamentally an enforcement mechanism for all of the rest of the rule changes that we want. I mean, we have a rule now that would require bills to be presented with adequate time for us to review them before voting on them. But Nancy Pelosi just waives that rule every day. And so if we put rules together on spending, on transparency, on open amendments, my fear is in the absence of the motion to vacate, you'd have a speaker that would start every day with the prayer, the pledge and the waiving of the rules. And so we have to make that difficult so that the interests of the American people can rise up above the interests of the lobbyists and the the forces in big government and big business and big media and big tech that want to crush everyday Americans. Walk us through. Russ Vogt came on here. He put together the the 10-year, you know, um, balanced budget that doesn't touch Social Security or, or Medicare. And this is one of the reasons Ralph Norman is is part of your hard no group. He calls it the cartel. Walk me through, what does what that, explain to our audience when Russ Vogt and you talk about the cartel up on Capitol Hill, what do they mean? Well, if any member of the posse comes to Washington, D.C. and walks up and down K Street and looks at the big fancy buildings and sees everybody coming out with their $5,000 suits and their Gucci loafers, none of those people, none of that industry is constructed to reduce spending. Every single special interest in this town is designed to increase spending and increase illegal immigration. And they do that for the interests of big business. And they want the trough to be bigger so that everybody can get their snout down into it. And what Ralph Norman knows, because he is one of the few fiscal hawks that didn't fly out of Washington, 
is that you've actually got to have to have a leader who is committed to an actual budget. Because you know, Rand Paul's got a great saying, when Democrats are in power, the Republicans are the conservative party. But when Republicans are in power, there is no conservative party on spending. And so I agree with Russ Vogt. I agree with Ralph Norman. The only way we get the spending controls that will save the dollar and the people and your 401ks and your retirement and your future, the only thing that will do that will be strong leadership, leadership that we have never seen in Kevin McCarthy. When you're back, your district is one of the most military and patriotic in the country, right? Pensacola Naval Air Station is down there. Uh, the Navy's got a massive presence in, in, in Pensacola in your district. What are your constituents understanding that, you know, that they're pro defense and for bigger defense budgets? What do they tell you overall about spending? When you're back in your district talking to your constituents, what is the average person in that, in that district tell, talking about spending? Well, a lot of people in my community resent the fact that military spending and defense spending gets criticized when we seem to have no such criticism for all of the quote-unquote social welfare spending that has functionally turned the safety net into a hammock for people that go and like have children so that they can increase their AFDC payments, who get on the government, government dole so that their transportation, health care, education, cell phone, child care can all be paid for by hardworking Americans. And so the grifters that are really, I think, taking advantage of the largesse of the federal government are certainly not the veterans, certainly not the active duty service members, not the military spouses who want adequate child care when they're dealing with deployed loved ones. So we need to do everything we can for our military so that we hold the high ground against China. But the spending problems we have are in the entitlement programs that continue to pay people who are able-bodied not to work. I mean, we have so much fraud in the disability game. And it's just it's just a multi-generational grift in a lot of cases. And that's not to say that there aren't truly people who need a social safety net, but those people actually get screwed over when you have a system that is so encompassing with the Medicaid expansion we saw under Obamacare, the uh, increase in unemployment benefits that continue despite COVID being in our rearview mirror. And my fear is that as you get more and more Americans addicted to the federal dollar, it will be harder and harder to marshal together support to cut spending. That's why Ralph Norman is right to be a patriot and step forward and say he's not going to vote for anybody for Speaker of the House that doesn't commit to a balanced budget, spending controls, and to actually stop paying people to not work who are otherwise able to do so. I mean, it's a 10-year program, right? I want to tie it directly to what's happening on Capitol Hill right now, this omnibus. And walk people through how we even got in a situation that's another, what, trillion and a half, two trillion is going to take. They're not even counting the 800 billion on the financing charge. How do we get in a situation where we're just about to take the house and they're actually up here and you're having a fight every day and we have people going to the phone lines and blowing people up? How did we get to a situation? And correct me if I'm wrong. McCarthy was just at the White House five or six days ago where he, he agreed with McConnell and Schumer that implosive that we have to get this done prior because you don't want to pass it off to the next Congress. Walk us through all the machinations around the omnibus, how it ties directly back to the national debt, and why are we sleepwalking when we could take active charge of this in gender? Does he not want tough votes in his beginning days as Speaker? Is that why he's just prepared to, or at least one time before he got blown up just to roll over on this? Well, we certainly need to see more of a fighting spirit out of 
our minority leader now against this omnibus. But remember, it's retiring Republican senators and Republican Senate leadership paving the way to provide the votes for this to happen. It's people like Burr and Shelby and Toomey who are probably looking closer at opportunities on K Street than they are the actual needs of their constituents and the long-term impact of this flawed fiscal policy. Uh, well, some of the rules, <coughs> excuse me, some of the rules that are being demanded by my colleagues would require legislation to adhere to a single subject, Steve. And see, this is all by design. This is not a bug of the system. It's a feature of the system that right up against... Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, the deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bannon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Stephen K. Bannon. The headline is CNN. House Republicans brace for doomsday scenario if McCarthy falls short of 218 votes for Speaker Matt Gates. <coughs> your response, sir. I don't think it's a doomsday scenario if it takes us a little longer to organize than folks might expect. Look, I'd rather get this right than just do it quick for the sake of advancing the next iteration of the D.C. swamp. And we do need to disrupt this place. Congress is broken. And we're not going to change the game by just changing the players. We have to change the rules of the game. So let me get into some of the specific demands that House conservatives like myself are making of any person that would want to be speaker. Single subject. The reason that's important, the bill only addresses single subject, it's what allows us to use the appropriations process as a leverage point against the Biden administration. Because when you have these omnibus bills and everything's wrapped together, well then, it's used as an anvil against us. Where if you don't vote for it, then all of a sudden you're abandoning the widows and orphans and not taking care of our troops who are downrange. So separating those things in single subject, it sounds like a very sort of nuanced niche thing, but it's what unlocks the potential to use the appropriations process as actual leverage. (laughs) We also want to see conservatives on committees. Far too often the way Washington works is it's pay to play. And if you want to get on the significant committees, you have to fork over the cash to the Republican campaign arm to have the opportunity to do so. And so we want to divorce those decisions. Politics. Hold on. I want to make, hang on. I want to make sure the audience, because we did work with Schweitzer years ago. Literally, when you come for a certain committee and they'll say, okay, but you got to go out and raise on your own for the, for the, for the party or for our fund, $250,000 or $300,000. I mean, they actually put a number on there that you then are have to go out. And if you can't do it, then you're not going to get the slot. 
correct? Sure. When I, w- when I was elected, I was told if I wanted to be on the Armed Services Committee, the right number was $75,000. Now, as a result of Bidenflation, that's gone up substantially since 2017, but you get the, the picture. It is pay to play too often, and we don't want it to work that way. Uh, we also want to make sure that we have an open opportunity for amendments. And this is what sometimes pits conservatives against more moderate Republicans, because moderate frontline Republicans who might be in Biden districts or very narrow purple districts, they don't, in some cases, want to take difficult votes on issues that could be contorted into some campaign message against them. But the reason you get elected to Congress is to take votes. If you don't want to take tough votes, don't run. Don't put your name on a sign. And I am encouraged by the true, I think, boldness of people like General Scott Perry, who are in very swing districts, who lead with conviction. And you know what? When you lead with that type of bold conviction, the people will come with you, even if they don't agree with you on everything, because they know you're not bought and paid for by some Washington swamp rat. And that's what happens to too many of our leaders in both parties. So I think creating a more transparent system, a less corrupt system, a a system that allows us to read the bills in advance. I mean, we got a 400 or I'm I'm sorry, far larger than that. We we got this massive thousands of page defense bill and only a day to read it. Who could do representative government under those terms? When you say conservatives on committees, we talked about the money. How how would you enforce that? How would you enforce who, who gets to choose who the conservatives are? It have to be House Freedom Caucus members each is a, a select number in each committee. Well, I'm not a Freedom Caucus member, uh, so I think that we could have a feature of the steering committee that looks at people's conservative ratings, that looks at the votes they've taken, and we could actually have committees that have conservative representation. And frankly, every committee should have representation more from the center of our caucus because if there's problems with bills where we can't get them off the floor in a four-seat majority. We should know that in committee. So I think we should have a cross-section of the conference on every committee. We should do our best to achieve that. And you know what? You may have to wrap that into a speaker negotiation. Okay. You know, your book is called Firebrand, and you're known up here as a firebrand. You're known up here uh, on the committee. I think you said on judiciary is having some of the sharpest and toughest questioning of uh, of anybody up here. Um and, uh, you know, in this whole movement has definitely, and Andy Biggs come out the other day and say he's actually running for speaker, not just in the primary or at the, in the conference, but on the floor. We have the great one, Mark Levin. Let's go ahead and play this for a second. I'd like to have your observations on this, Congressman Gates. Andy Biggs is part of the Freedom Caucus. Andy Biggs is on TV all the time promoting himself as a conservative. But a guy like that today parading around as Mr. Conservative Mr. Conservative with the Freedom Caucus, that he's going to bring conservatism to the House of Representatives is a joke. He doesn't even fundamentally understand the Constitution. Now, I've called out Andy Biggs and four others in the House of Representatives who are trying to sabotage the election of a speaker in a what will be a Republican House where the Republicans have maybe a four or five vote majority. Now, what does that mean? That means that these individuals can block the Republicans from choosing their speaker, which means it could go to the floor of the House, and there's already talk about this in the press, where liberal Republicans, moderate Republicans, could join with Democrats and wind up choosing a speaker 
who's quite liberal. They talk about Fred Upton. Fred Upton is a rhino. Okay, uh, right, it so got a little a more. It got the, the vit, hang on, hang on. The vitriol got a little worse after that. The great one, Mark Levin, and we understand Mark's got a lot of problems with the, us populist nationalists, but Mark's a good guy, super guy, and he knows the Constitution. Why is he wrong there, uh, Matt Gates? Well, it's interesting to see Mark Levin follow the flashy lures that are strung out by the mainstream press, like. This notion that Fred Upton was going to be speaker. Oh, yeah, everybody wrote articles about that and got all worked up about it. And then they went and asked Fred Upton, are you a candidate for speaker? And he said, no, I'm taking my wife skiing that weekend. So it just shows you kind of how harebrained some of those red herrings are. Keep in mind about Mark Levin. Mark Levin was against Kevin McCarthy before he was for Kevin McCarthy, just like Mark Levin was against Donald Trump before he was for Donald Trump. So who knows? Being against Andy Biggs might be just like the first Mark Levin step to being Andy Biggs's campaign manager in the next election cycle. Mark Levin said that Kevin McCarthy was a creature of the establishment and thus could never be speaker. Those were his own words. So I don't know what's caused Mark to tack so hard in the but, establishment. But is this, I, I, I think because this is, but, but hang on, I think this is whether they vote president or whatever, they, they've clearly taken this line of attack and now it's everywhere it's it's on cnn oh, it's on, on okay. fox nonstop. So, you, so i think one people, thing you have to do is not it's not that people i think say hey maybe mccarthy's not my cup of tea maybe mccarthy is part of the cartel and, and i agree with gates that we need change and we need fundamental change but if we're so close this thing's so tight if there is a possibility they could do some hanky panky in the floor and we lose it then what was all this work uh worth uh mad gates well, I mean, I am a daily war room watcher. And so what I've learned is that you actually have to utilize your points of leverage rather than surrendering them. And conservatives right now have leverage and I intend to use it. Now, this notion that Democrats are going to vote for some moderate Republican is ludicrous. Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat leader, is the first black leader of a major party in Congress in America's history. And so the notion that he is not going to have 212 votes every single time is nuts. Members of the Congressional Black Caucus have even come out and said that, that Hakeem Jeffries is going to have 212 votes on the first ballot and every ballot thereafter, unless somehow he gets 213 because they're able to count Don McEachin's vote. So I, I don't think that this, this. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters, sq.com. And download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free. 
so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Stephen K. Bass. Yes, no, public I'm place. I don't want to be on the That's okay, it's public. We're just, we're Sir, record. Yes. I'm telling you. And I'm, and I'm answering, it's First Amendment. You're trafficking people. We can record it. So this is part of Catholic Charities. Actually, tra- Catholic Charities is right here, McAllen, Texas, but they've just bought this building because they've run out of space. They have hundreds of people in this building run out of space and now they're filling up this building to continue the trafficking that the cartels have done. They're making hundreds of millions of dollars on this. And ironically, right across the road from them at this corner is the bus stop. So they simply just walk them across, put them on a bus, continue the trafficking into America to a city near here, or they fill up the SUVs that constantly come up here, park. We've got vans down here and they take them to the airport. This is human trafficking and it's being brought to you by Joe Biden and the open borders left. We have leftist NGOs that are taking your tax dollars out of your pockets to help facilitate the cartels trafficking into America. That's what's happening here. And I like that they don't like me filming them. Too bad. I didn't catch, we actually played the yesterday. I didn't catch uh, where Ben Burkwam's trolling them. It's the First Amendment. <laughs> You're human trafficking. Um, this came off of we bring in the great Liz Jor. This came off of, was it Mike Hall and the team, uh, and Dr. Kevin Roberts? Oh, Dr. Kevin Roberts is taking over Heritage. It's kind of a new look Heritage. They're, they're getting very aggressive on investigations and really, uh, research that, that leads to action, actionable research. Mike Hall and the team over there at this immigration and uh, policy center, uh, bought this data, uh, from the cell phones and showed, um, and show just the amazing invasion. You can just you can just watch it, and they're going to every uh, every town in the country. And now they've got that analysis that shows that they're principally sending the illegal aliens or these migrants into Republican districts, right? So it's all it's all pre thought through. Uh, but one of the things they have thirty five NGOs that assist the government that are assisting. One of the biggest and most prominent are Catholic charities, and I know. Lejeur, the great guys over at Catholic 212 have up as their lead story, uh, their, their Mac daddy, uh, my interview with Ben Burkwam yesterday, cause I said, Hey, I don't think anything irks traditional Catholics more than knowing the Catholic uh, charities, which is just a total left wing sh- social justice warrior organization takes money really under false pretenses, but they take it from the government under real pretenses. The government gives them to them and say, Hey, you're our partner in the human trafficking business. But it takes it from Catholics who have not been awakened to what they're actually doing. So walk us through the, this NGO, Catholic Charities, and how they are just an open human trafficking organization, ma'am. Well, Steve, you know, I warned the, the War Room audience two years ago about the unaccompanied minor crisis. It has become a catastrophe. 
Um, and let me put this in context. Catholic charities and Catholic organizations in 2022, and this is a conservative figure, have received $97 million for unaccompanied alien children. Um, so they are responsible, and they're probably the number one or two uh, program um, NGO that is handling the trafficking of children, um, and these are unaccompanied. Now, I describe these children as vulnerable orphans. And what did the, the Customs and Border Patrol data say? They said that there are 266,000 unaccompanied minor children who have crossed the border illegally. Let me put this in context for the audience. In America, there are 400,000 children in foster care. Most of those kids speak English, have been educated, um, their families are here. We're talking about 266,000 orphans who have been, now we know from Project Veritas, many of them have been dumped with so-called sponsors who, in what did Project Veritas find out? That most of these sponsors, if not all, are illegal aliens themselves, and many of whom are not related to these children at all, um, who have, in many respects, not been vetted. You know, foster care in America, these foster parents get an FBI background check. They have six to eight weeks of intensive training to be a foster parent. They have um, unannounced visits by caseworkers, not for these 266,000 unaccompanied minor children. This is going to be a catastrophe for our healthcare system, our criminal justice system, our educational system. And we are going to be paying for this for the next, you know, decades, for decades, generations. And what is so insidious, and people don't understand this, why the government is giving the Catholic charities and other NGOs this business is because these NGOs um, give the cover to the government's illegal trafficking operation because guess what? You cannot FOIA Catholic Charities or Lutheran Social Services. They're beyond. So there is no way unless you have hearings, unless you have whistleblowers like Tara Rodas and Project Veritas. Otherwise, you're not going to find out about this illegal underground network that um, is operating as we speak. You know, the cost, the cost of the, the foster care system in the United States from the federal government, I'm not even talking about the states, is $5 billion a year. That doesn't include the 266,000, which is probably well over 300,000 unaccompanied illegal minor children. So this is such a catastrophe. And it's beyond numbers that I could ever imagine. And, you know, interesting, when, when I was preparing to talk tonight, I wanted to look up to see what the federal government, what the U.S. attorney's offices were doing on human trafficking um, this year. And what I found was shocking. Human trafficking cases are down 22 percent in uh, 2021. In fact, they only filed 140 new criminal human trafficking cases in the federal court system. Now, Steve, you know from your time in the White House that there are 97 U.S. attorney's offices. And you tell me that they can only file 140 criminal human trafficking cases? I mean, this is 
we're going to be paying for this in so many ways. And unless we begin to have whistleblowers step forward and hearings in Congress, we are not going to be able to um, save, you know, the the educational system, the healthcare system um, from these vulnerable orphans. And anybody who has worked in, with child exploitation knows that sexual predators go where vulnerable children are. And you can't tell me that there aren't hundreds, if not thousands of sexual predators who are posing as sponsors for these vulnerable children. In fact, in fact, we know from Project Veritas that they've already uncovered a sponsor that is pimping out um, a minor child um, to numerous men. So, I mean, it's just, you know, this has been strategic, intentional, catastrophic for children, for Americans. And we're not even talking about, you know, under, under Trump, you know, the, um, the cost of, uh, the cartels were making about, um, oh, I'd say about $500 million is what they were saying. Now the cartels are making $13 billion a year on human trafficking. This is, and fentanyl. This is up. 2,500%. Um, so, you know, it's no matter which way you look at it, we have got to intervene immediately. Um, this week, the good news is you had um, Heritage intervening with their geofencing project. You had complicit clergy um, looking at the data of all the Catholic organizations that are really social justice warrior arms of this illegal um, administration that's trafficking children. And we have Project Veritas that's now pulling back the curtain. But we've got to do a lot more. We've got to stem this flow. I mean, in two years, two more years of this administration with an open border, um, can you imagine that, you know, the it's going to double, triple the number of unaccompanied minor children? So um, it's, you know, it's very troubling. I'm trying to um, alarm the American people. Um, we need whistleblowers to, you can go to complicitclergy.com. Um, there's a form to fill out to let us know what's going on in um, down in the border. You know, we know Catholic Charities is on both sides of the border facilitating these children um, coming across. Um, so, you know, it's a, a tragedy that, you know, is beyond imaginable. Look, it's it's biblical and it's and it's intentional. You, you warned us about this a year and a half ago, about this Biden on, on the board, what was happening. But even then, you couldn't even imagine the scale of it. I want to go back to the Veritas. One of the most chilling comments is when she was sitting there looking and says, oh, the house there in Houston has 41, this has 22. Mm -hmm. And they said they're actually run as brothels. They have no earthly idea who these sponsors are. There's no even vetting process. And somebody gives a, as a wise guy remark, well, we don't have a problem with these sponsors because sponsors, the traffickers never, never sue you. So you never have, you never have any legal problem. Your, your analysis of that, ma'am. Well, first of all, you know, the Justice Department is supposed to protect, um, children, vulnerable citizens, vulnerable people in the country. You know, these cases, um, you know, should be in the thousands of prosecutions, hundreds of thousands of prosecutions. Um, and it's true. Um, this is a money making business for the cartels. Um, you know, quite frankly, they're making more money on human trafficking. When drugs are sold, drugs are sold. They can't be resold. Um, but the problem is with children, with vulnerable women, boys and girls, they can be sold 
numerous times. And each time they're sold, the trafficker is making sometimes thousands of dollars. Um, so, you know, we, everybody, you know, I, I talked to all the great Americans who are really concerned about human trafficking. Um, we have got to demand from Congress, um, from our churches, they have got to get out of their business. The Catholic Church is supposed to be about the salvation of souls, not the exploitation of children. Um, and, you know, this has got to end. And, you know, we won't know what's going on because we can't FOIA this information. We need whistleblowers and we need aggressive prosecution and investigations by local law enforcement and federal Can, law enforcement. What, what, hang on a second. I'm going to hold you through the break. I've got, uh, I've got Brandon Showalter here too from the Christian Post. We're going to get into his, uh, his, these topics will make your head blow up too. But you just said the U.S. attorneys, 97 U.S. At- attorney offices and U.S. attorneys, only 140 cases. We had a special on here spring a year ago where they told us the LA County I think had shut down their basically the human trafficking. We we know forget the five million or seven million that are here that are coming process. The getaways are another one or two million. Yeah. A huge percentage of the getaways are are human trafficked women and uh and young children. How could they possibly have shut down and not be doing any prosecutions on human trafficking when it's at flood tide, ma'am? Yeah. You know, it's in the old days, both state and federal law enforcement worked together to make these cases, Steve. You know, there was a cooperation, um, but obviously in places where the George Soros's prosecutors um, are put in place, in Chicago and other places, we're not seeing the kind of prosecutions for trafficking victims who've come over, um, come over the border um, illegally. Um, they don't want that information coming out. So what do they do instead of prosecuting and protecting and putting these guys behind bars? Um, they're not doing anything. And the federal government has the laws to do that. Liz, just hang her for one second. Liz, your we got Patrick, uh, Brandon Showwater from the Christian Post all on the war room. Be back in about a minute. We Look, you did the tough thing during COVID. You paid your people and you pulled your business through the pandemic. And now doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at COVIDTaxRelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan. And you don't have to pay it back. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at COVIDTaxRelief.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had an increase in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let COVIDTaxRelief.org help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org. That's COVIDTaxRelief.org. Do this today. Take action at COVIDTaxRelief.org. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. 
It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, need everybody up on Getter for the immersive experience uh, that you can get around the war room with all the content and all the contributors. We're up on our site, on the uh, war room site, on my personal site, everywhere. Liz, yours up. So make sure you go to Getter. Totally free. Download it. I'm an idiot when it comes to technology. I can use it. You can use it. And it will just double, triple, quadruple your experience. Brandon Showwater, Christian Post. Sir, you had a story. It was uh, made my head blow up because of American Girls. Captain Bannon was raised on American Girls. Uh, but then I saw the uh, the uh, Daily Mail did a homage to, to your piece, maybe without attribution. Uh, tell us what you found out, sir, that's got the, uh, the uh, uh, a big part of the country outraged at American Girls, which used to be a standard uh, uh, product and, and group of dolls uh, for young American girls. Well, yes, I didn't write the piece, but I my fingerprints were on it as it was a concerned mother who brought it to me. She loves American Girl, and as she writes in her op-ed column on CP Voices, which is the opinion section of the Christian Post, uh, American Girl is to girls, by and large, what Lego is to boys. And so what your viewers need to understand, Steve, is that there is no single area of our culture right now that won't be colonized and corrupted by this gender dogma. And she picked up a book in an American Girl store under their brand by Mel Hammond. I believe it's called The Smart Girl's Guide to Body Image, where I believe on page 36 or 38, about that range, uh, girls, if they're feeling uncomfortable with their bodies, and in the lead up to these pages, it was actually a pretty noble message that you need to learn to love your body. They actually say, the author suggests that doctors can give you medicine, meaning puberty blockers, to delay changes to your body. So they're fully promoting this experimental medicalization that is the entry point to castration of our children, sterilization. Because when you follow blockers with synthetic cross-sex hormones, uh, you wind up sterile and you hijack your endocrine system. You do all sorts of egregious damage to your body. And with very slippery, subtle, insidious language, they promote this transgender medicalization in an American girl book. So this mother was rightly outraged and she wrote under a pseudonym and we were happy to publish because we knew who she was. Uh, but that's, that has since blown up. The daily mail picked up the story and several other outlets have as well. No, it's a huge story now. Um, walk our audience through when you say every aspect of American society and culture is going to be colonized yeah. by the mm-hmm. this radical gender affirmation ideology. What does that mean? <laughs> Meaning that there's no single square inch of culture that they, these people who are pushing this experimental medicalization, they want our children indoctrinated by it. And so they can then send them down this pathway. Uh, I read a, some research about what puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones cost by a journalist by the name of Sue Donham, uh, who wrote this a few years ago. We're talking thousands of dollars per a subcutaneous implant for these blockers is even several thousand dollars. But again, if you get a child on this lifetime of experimental medicalization, and it is a lifetime, you'll be a lifelong medical patient. You're going to need to groom and entice the younger generation into believing that this experimental medicalization is tethered to their identity. Because if you can then sell them on that, market it to them on TikTok and through social media sites like YouTube and Tumblr, 
then they'll be hooked to the medical industrial complex and they pharma will laugh all the way to the bank. And so they get into children's books, they get into school lessons, they get into popular cartoons and TV shows. Uh, it sound, you sound like, you know, whenever I talk about this, and I've even said it on your show, Steve, you sound like you put a tinfoil hat, you know, on, but it's everywhere you look. There's no safe space, <laughs> to use the, one of their phrases, there's no spa safe space from this. Parents, I mean, this mom vets every single thing that comes across her, you know, her two young daughters' desks to make sure that there's none of this gender ideology in it. There's very few places to go. Um, and here, even in American Girl, they're telling kids that, you know, they might need drugs that they have also used to chemi uh, chemically castrate sex offenders. It's the same, you know, mechanism that these drugs that have been historically used to give to men who have committed some of the most horrific sexual crimes to chemically castrate them. That's what they're that's what they're giving to children in gender clinics and in children's hospitals all around this country. Pediatric Lupron or Triptorelin. Uh, we're sterilizing our children and it's being sold as an identity and it's even in children's books. For, 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 you know, I won't say normal Americans, but for basic, you know, Americans going about their daily lives, it seems to have come out of nowhere all of a yeah. sudden in the last couple of years. It is, if it's for money in a system, you know, system, they've set up a system that is for money to get them on these drugs and to make money and make high margins on these drugs. As heinous that is, that is, I think people can see it and maybe start to deconstruct it and hey, there's legislation, you do it. Is there something deeper than that? Because it seems like when you read these things, it's like they're in an alternative reality. And it just doesn't seem like it's just driven by money, sir. Well, yes, that's correct. Uh, as a Christian, I say that the Lord Jesus Christ says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. So we can't ignore the money aspect. But I think you can't underestimate the power of just raw ideology at work here. The gender ideologues are very ruthlessly committed to their dogma. Um, I, I view this as sort of classic Ephesians 6 spiritual warfare. That's inescapable as well. Uh, the devil himself is raging against our children. He's throwing the kitchen sink at them. Pray over your kids every single day. Um, this is just ruthlessly demonic. I don't have any other words. I mean, I have to use those kinds of spiritual words. And I have even atheists call me sometimes and say that they think they believe in demons now when this invades their home because they don't have any other grid for it. Uh, so the combination of a really toxic ideology, the love of money, spiritual evil, and it's the witch's brew that drives this insane medicalization and the sterilization of our children. Glamorizing Showwater. girl books now. I know it, American Girl. You're one of the uh, you're one of the rocks on this. So uh, we thank you so much. How do people get your writings at the Great Christian Post, and how do they find you on social media? All of our print journalism is at ChristianPost.com. My Twitter handle is at Brandon M Show, and I would urge everyone to listen to our bonus podcast episode that we just put out on our series called Generation Indoctrination. This bonus episode, we cover women who are incarcerated with men, including hardened sexual offenders who, under the banner of transgender, are now able to be locked up with women. This contravenes the Geneva Convention, in my mind, all the principles of human rights law. But today, sadistic predators are able to be locked up with women if they, if they identify as women. Unbelievable. We'll make sure we put that up on our site to make sure everybody get to it. Brandon Showwater, you're doing the Lord's work. Thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. Short Thank break. you. Liz, you're, Liz, is going to join us in the next hour. Um, it's going to be packed. We'll be back in a moment. Just hang in there. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. 
They resell you communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.